Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another Jew and Gentile podcast. I am your host, Chris Katolka, and with me is none other than the Jewish sage himself, the one, the only, Mr. Steve Herzig. How are you, sir? I'm back in the chair. I'm lowering the... Uh, a scholarly level because of the guests we had last week. Paul Golden definitely brought his family scholarly, what is the word, DNA? Aye, the shower's DNA the- is definitely scholarship. No one ever said that about my <laughs> DNA. <laughs> well, listen, we got a great show. We're going to be wrapping up Daniel today. We've got news, we've got a Yiddish word, and so much more. So hang on one moment. Oh, welcome in, welcome in. Well, Steve, uh, I have been getting texts from listeners from all over the country, all seven of our listeners, who have been texting about your mom and yes. praying for you. And I've been, so that our listeners know when you text, if there isn't a response, I have been clicking and snapshotting and sending them to you so that you could read them. 424-444-1948. That's 424-444-1948. You're a pro. You are a pro. Uh, Yeah, be sure to text us. Um, Also, like, subscribe, share the podcast. That's great. But Steve, um, you know, last week we you were away. You were in Cleveland. Why don't you catch people up on what has happened? Yes. And by the way, my sister became a star. Oh, and she told me she said. People like me. Yeah, they do like her. <laughs> I got texts. I want to see more Michelle. They do like her. But She's, she was a subdued Michelle. She was a, a very subdued, very subdued. Uh, and she, after we were done, she said, wasn't I good? Didn't I listen? <laughs> I listened. I didn't talk. I said, well, you could talk. You did talk. But that was really good because your stories tend to go Way too long where people are finally going to go to sleep. I thought Paul Golden was going to go to sleep. But, uh, and I told, well, well, you know, didn't, uh, didn't you, um, say that she saw somebody in the hallway and you're like, I'll wait for her here. And she's talking and talking. And you're like, hey, it's like 30 minutes later. And she Chris, says, my beard grew. That's how I grew my beard, waiting for her to finish a story. Um, uh, I love but, it. uh, no, we do have, you know, people have been praying, uh, in fact, in the history since I became a believer, people have often asked me about my family and who knows the Lord and who doesn't, and it's only a very few. My sister was first, as we talked about last week. I was second. Uh, I had the opportunity to lead my aunt uh, to the Lord when she was 90, an older sister to my mother, and after we were done praying, my aunt, right after the prayer where she received Christ, she looked at me and she said, if you think I'm telling your mother, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I'm not kidding. She just, she was, no, my mother ruled the roost. My mother was never interested. And I don't know if they can see it, but we're putting together, my mother passed away on Saturday. Yeah, why don't you catch people up? So last I, week. I should you, do that. Oh, yes, passed away on Saturday. She had she had a stroke she a couple days. two yeah. strokes. Big two time. strokes. Uh, and we were, th- we were there, uh, I, I see you, uh, my sister, all, well, all our family, um, all, all three of us, I have two sisters, one who's believes and one who doesn't, but all three of us love our mother very much. My younger sister has been very attentive. My parents helped her in when her kids were very little, uh, because both parents worked and my parents played a huge role in their lives. And my mother and father did a wonderful job. Uh, those grandkids, those girls love my uh, parents uh, and my mother particularly, as she lasted the longest. Uh, and so it was, you know, difficult. She's in ICU. And so my sister and I uh, wanted to make sure we uh, communicated at this stage uh, the gospel. And one of her favorite songs recently, because of my older sister, is I Can Only Imagine. Hmm. And many of our listeners might be familiar with that song. And my mom did like that song. She didn't believe, but she liked that song. That's great. And so one of the things Michelle and I agreed on, when I went, I took my phone, I played that song. Uh, My sister did the same thing as long as my other sister wasn't, uh, you know, there. We don't want, you know, we don't want to offend. And that's... A balance. It's always trying to balance respect, but also you very important. This is eternity on the line. So uh, the good news is that my younger sister uh, doesn't like mornings. She since she retired, she doesn't like mornings. Uh, she likes uh, lunchtime and later for visitation. But for my sister and I, 
We like mornings. Chris, you and I know we text each other very early in the morning. That's a quiet time, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm very alert at that time. So I went to see my mother uh, during those times and had an opportunity to share. And really, it was Friday morning, Chris. We were there. at By this time, she was in hospice. Uh, she was uh, on medication for pain, but I, she could squeeze my hand. I knew she was listening. And Chris, I believe that the Bible teaches that his word doesn't return empty. Mm. And that's what Isaiah says. And so I decided, I, pull, I pulled up a chair and I started to read the word. I read from Psalms. I read from the New Testament as well about death and life. Um, and I read, and I just read. My sister, Michelle, came in and immediately got down on her knees. And Chris, this was war. This was spiritual war. Mm. Uh, we don't know what's going on. We just I just read the word and my sister on her knees praying. And after about uh, 20 minutes of just reading and her praying, she said, I really feel an unction to talk to her. I said, go for it. Do it. Just do it. Uh, she did. She whispered in her ear, asked her if she understood that Jesus loved her and died for her sins. Will you squeeze my hand if you believe that he died for your sins? And he she squeezed his her hand. Mm. She asked, "Do you believe, Mom? Do do you believe?" And she said, "Yes." Wow, it was amazing. Wow, amazing. So, um, like the thief on the—I mean, just that final moment, a hundred percent. And so, uh, we had another moment like that with my niece, who is also not a believer, but but very open to things. Um, um, she didn't marry a Jewish person. And so she's very open to things. And, uh, I was talking to her while my sister was talking to my mother to make a long story short, we were very confident, uh, that my mother believed. And what give, gives me a little more assurance is this, Chris, the doctors told us that it, we're probably looking at several days or a week, uh, maybe more, they said. So, okay. Uh, I, that meant I, I couldn't stay there that long. So I, in agreement, my nephew and niece left on Saturday. I left on Saturday morning thinking that there is going to be more time. And so we were driving back, and just it takes about six and a half hours to get home. Almost when I got home, my sister called to tell me that my mother had passed. Mm. Um, and so I said, you know, isn't that interesting? They gave her more time, yet... Once she came to know Christ, it was as though, maybe I'm just trying to comfort myself, but I believe, hey, I'm saved. I'm stuck here in this body. I am going anywhere. I might as well go home. Mm. And so I believe she went very quickly after that. And so we're thankful. But Chris, I'm thankful for the numbers of people uh, on this podcast. You know, we have seven listeners, mm -hmm. and I think all seven of them they all have, texted you. Have, have contacted us and told us how they're praying. And that, that really is the summary of my mother uh, and her life through the years. As I've had opportunity to preach and teach, people often ask me, does your family believe? And I go through it, and they say, I'm going to pray for your mom. And Chris, through the years, I've had people who i have come back after a few years to the church, and they'll say, how's Blanche doing? Mm. We've been praying for every day, mm. every day. And so I believe that uh, God is a merciful God. He's a God of grace. I've told my mother for years that she has lived a grace-filled life. 99, 99 years. That's great. I mean, with just a, a solid brain, uh, able to— <clears throat> She's played Mahjong with three different groups. All her first friends are dead. Her second friends died. She was playing with— uh, ladies who are my age uh, until recently. Uh, and she did Wii Bowling up until last year. <laughs> Wii Bowling. And bowled well. Wii Bowling, the, we, the, the, we video bowl, game. the video game. The video they game. Have, they have teams at her apartment complex. And she's <laughs> she bowled, I think uh, her high game was 250. Amazing. Uh, she's amazing and was amazing. Uh, but when it was time to really think about it and with death on the line, uh, by God's grace, again, Chris, there's just like the thief on the cross, there was nothing she had to do other than truly believe, mm -hmm. believe, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Mm -hmm. And for a Jewish person with 
a hundred years almost under your belt uh, with all the traditions and all the things we've talked about it on our podcast. Uh, we're the ones that have the oracles of God, but we also have all this tradition and rabbinic writings, and we're the authors of guilt. My mother, oh, my mother was the champion of guilt, uh, making us feel guilty for everything. But it makes it hard to overcome those things uh, in the flesh. You can't do it. But by the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, uh, the Spirit of God did a mighty, majestic work. And I'm confident that she's with Jesus. Today, I will see you in paradise. Yep. And so for those who can see, we're make, I'm going to actually, Thursday is the funeral. I'm bringing these to my family. I'm going to be sharing very, uh, there is a rabbi and a cantor who are going to be doing the, uh, the service, but children get to talk. So I get to talk. So that's my mother, just a, a little on that side. And I'm going to be commenting on uh, Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 to 31, which talks about a virtuous woman. Mm. And uh, uh, look, my mother wasn't perfect. If you crossed her, you're in trouble, big (laughs) trouble. I mean, and she would have told you, big trouble. But she was, she epitomized those verses with her family, with her community. Uh, She was an amazing woman, and I'm really glad to be able to call her my mother, but also be able to share something that hopefully will create conversation. We're always, uh, Chris, that's our middle name. You're conversation. We want conversation. Let's have it. Let's we have don't a care talk. if it's good or not good. Let's, let's, let's to- just talk about it. <laughs> well, uh, you brought home another little piece yes, of uh, yes. paraphernalia yep. for our Yiddish kite room yes, here. Yes, this sat in my mother's apartment, and I talked to my sister about it. And when my mother, of course, was taken into hospice, um, you know, before they start splitting up, I'm not getting involved in any of that. I just actually, uh, my wife suggested, she said, you know, that rabbi would look great in the podcast. <laughs> Your room. German wife. My German wife, uh, who loves the Jewish people, said that. And so I went to my sister and said, is there any, do you think uh, Lori would care? Do you care? She said, you want to put it in the podcast room? Fantastic. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Zygaz- she literally told me, Zygazun, take it. And so we're putting it in the podcast room. Maybe our listeners would uh, tell us where in the podcast room they want it to be. Well, I was actually going to do this for everybody so that they can get a better camera shot so they can see. Uh, right now, Steve, I'm showing them a big picture of the whole room from that camera over there. Uh, and so there you go. Well, you know, we're trying to decide where we put the big rabbi because that's a that's a prominent rabbi. That, that right is there. one big rabbi. Yeah, he's got his uh, he's got his prayer shawl on. He's got his shofar, big beard, big yep. beard. Yep. No, he he is the typical Jewish looking guy. You know, he's or we, he's got the talit over his head. Uh, he's got the shofar going. He, I could say this. He's got the nose going. He's got, the- <laughs> you know, that's our. Pe- he, he's our people. These 100%. are these are my people. Proud to well, say, you know, he does the. If you look, he puts his hand against his mouth. I noticed Jewish people do that when they blow the show. Most, you know, when I do it, I just go like this. No, there is a technique, and the people who know how to do it, that's the proper. Put, technique. It's almost like playing a trumpet. They put it right there on exactly. there. Amazing. Exactly, amazing, amazing. All right, well, Steve, thanks for that update. We've been praying sure for you, and what. What an amazing testimony of God's faithfulness. It is an amazing story. Uh, My wife, as we were driving home, said, you know, this reminds me of the book of Acts. Because when my sister, of course, burst out in tears when my mother said yes, I'm saying I can't believe it. My nephew, who um, is my older sister's youngest son, he was crying, uh, and he's the CPA. Uh, Jordan is the level-headed guy. He loves his Bubby. He mm. loves his Bubby and was so thankful, overcome. We're all overcome with emotion. And so here's, you remember the book of Acts, I think it was Rhoda. Uh, they're praying, oh, Lord, please free Peter. He's in prison. We want him out of prison. May he get out of prison. Knock on the door. Uh, she op- She looks. It's Peter. Peter. <laughs> so she doesn't even open the door. She runs to the people and said, hey, we're praying for Peter. <laughs> well, why didn't you open the door? I don't think she she believed it, but she didn't. Same thing happened. My wife was very <clears throat> astute and said, you know, it happened. We've been praying this way. And when it happens, it's almost like, I can't believe this happened. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't we ask for it for years and years? Yes, we did. 
and it's amazing. Well, I want you to know Blanche has rubbed off on our family quite a bit because uh, the other day I was driving my kids uh, somewhere. Oh, you know what we did? I brought the kids here uh, last Friday so we so we could pack tikva boxes for our new batch of tikva volunteers for Friends of Israel. And so, of course, they come over. They love the podcast room. My kids love the podcast room. And so we're driving home, and my son Cohen goes, Dad, what does feh mean? That's a great Yiddish <laughs> word. And I said, feh? He goes, yeah, feh. He said, I shook this ball. And then the the, the high ball that we have, yeah. and he said. Not the, high ball. That, they might think it's a know, drink. That's true. That's well, a high ball. But it is a high this ball. This is a high ball. A high ball. Yeah. A high ball. Yep, a high ball. But it's like a magic eight ball. And so sure enough. Feh popped up, but he didn't know what it meant. And so he says to me, Feh, what does that mean? And I thought, oh, you know, it, it means like, ah, ah, forget ah, about it. it. And he, so he thought that was funny. But anyway, the Yiddish is rubbing off on, Good. on the Good. Katolka kids. That's great. Well, Steve, um, we are... We uh, got a class coming. Equip is... Tell us about our sponsor. Very important. That's right. Our sponsor is FOI Equip, and we have a fantastic class. It's coming up later on this February February 15th will be the first one, Thursday night at 7.30, with Ty Perry teaching about the resurrection of Israel, the dry bones coming back to life in Ezekiel chapter 37. Very important at this time where you've got Hamas on one side, the Houthis are coming from Yemen, you've got Hezbollah, Iran, which is Persia, uh, the ones supplying all these different groups to be their front people. Isn't it interesting? Iran doesn't it's like lesson game. Yeah. Go ahead. Do it. Go kill Jews. Get killed. We're gonna be back here. Oh, you need a little money? Here. Yeah. I will give you a little money. Go die. Go go do whatever you want. You could be our front people. That's like the Hamas leader in Qatar. You exactly. Know? Ismail Hanania, I think. He's somebody living. ought to say, wait a minute. What are are we stooges for these people? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But uh, Ty's going to be teaching that. That's going to be a fantastic. You can register for that by going to foiequip.org, and there you can register for Ty's class. And then we've got some fantastic classes coming up in March that you can actually prepare yourself for and register today if you go to FOI Equip. First of all, Steve, I don't know how we got this guy, but Dr. Randall Price is going to come and talk about archaeology and how it helps confirm the reliability of the scriptures. And he's the guy to ask. He's a leading archaeologist. And he's been a guest here before. He's he been- commented actually on Hamas in the early stages when he was here as a, a guest real quick. In fact, you know, Chris, we've been on a long time. Nobody listens to us. We put him on. Bada bing. And I don't know how you would you keep those statistics, who comes on and who doesn't. Let's hey. just let's just put it this way. We went over seven <laughs> when he came <laughs> Only on. for him. The guy comes on one time, no advertising, bada bing. The- we're on, we're begging people, please listen. <laughs> and what do we get? Bupkiss. That's <laughs> we're begging. Get so he's on around. again. Let people know. We don't we hope. Thousands and thousands come to listen to him. Uh, well, he's going to come on and talk about something that's near and dear. to We just wanted to tap. He's so versatile. He's a Bible scholar. You know, he's an archaeologist. He's an apologist. He's got it all. He's, he's got it all. He, and he's I tall. wonder what he's doing on our program. I'm telling you. He's tall. He's <laughs> handsome. He's archaeologist. I always think, what's oh, this He's tall guy? and handsome. We're, the, the opposite. we're the opposite of <laughs> opposite. that. So anyway, you want to be sure to log on and register for his class. And then... Uh, the following week, you're going to get bupkis again. Steve and I are going to be doing a, a Passover presentation. <laughs> it's going to go from some sense of scholarly, you know, oh, look at there's Dr. Randall Price, and then back then there's to us. us. Back to then us there's again. Us. That's right. So anyway, be sure to register for our classes, FOI Equip. Uh, and Steve, can I just say really quick, too, before we get to Daniel, I am getting very excited because pretty soon we're going to be launching our FOI Equip page where you can become a free equipper. Say that word again? Equipper. No, before oh, that. Free. Free. So free, 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 free. Magical. I mean, the thing that, so all the teachings that we're doing are going to be put in one place. You can watch every single video and download all the information for every single class. So you can teach it in your Sunday school if you want to. Whatever. Zygazunt, as you would say. Do what you want with it so that it blesses you and the people around you. But here's the best part. Can I tell you God's kind providence and all of this? I was about to launch this with my colleague, Gabe, 
And I said, Gabe, I just don't feel like it's ready yet. It needs a little more panache. Like it needs something, it needs to draw us in a little bit more. I, I, I need to talk to somebody about how we enhance the look of it and the feel of it to make sure we're using this thing just right. So I go on your favorite website, Fiverr. <laughs> I love that, even though I've never seen it before. <laughs> You've never been I, on it? I talk about it. All, I love Fiverr. <laughs> so, I ask you all the time, so who'd you get on Fiverr? All right, you'll like who I got on Fiverr this time. So I'm saying to Gabe, we need to enhance FOI equip page. Okay, fine. So I hire a consultant. Tell tell us what Fiverr is, first of all, real quick. Whatever you need. You know, if you need somebody to help you with a design or if you need a web page built or you need whatever. You contract people. You contract people, but they're from all around the world. So you get them for a good price, too. So uh, you got to have a deal. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So yep. I, I call, I, I go online and I find a really good, like he's a, he's a Fiverr pro. Like this guy, you want this guy. So I'm like, you know what? We're just going for it. So I, I go, and it tells you what languages he speaks. You ready? English and Hebrew. Ah. So his name uh, I, I, his name was Yasef. Great guy. And Joseph. So, yep, exactly. And he had just moved with his family to Iceland. So we had this- A Jewish guy who's an Israeli in Iceland. 100%. Doing remote work. 100%. So I, I, I talk to Yasef, and I tell him, and he's got a, in his background, he's got a Bring Them Home, Star of David, and I tell him who Friends of Israel is. And then I tell him what these, cla- he saw the webpage and everything. He knows we're Christian. He knows we talk about Jesus. We shared about Jesus with all of it. And so you know what he says? He goes, he's not cheap. He says, I'm giving you my services for free. Free, 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 our middle name. And I said, no, 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 we, we want to pay you, even if, it, we'll, we'll Whatever pay you. it costs. Whatever, you know, we want to support you, too. He goes, no. Did he, he says, say, what are you, Michigan? You want to pay me after I <laughs> tell you it's free? What are you, that's Michigan. <laughs> so he says to me, I believe in what, he." so he's looking at the page. He's seeing the classes. He's seeing about supporting Israel. Uh, There's he, classes on anti-Semitism, on the Feasts of Israel, on, uh, Messianic prophecy. prophecy. That's yep. right. All of this amazing. He sees it all. He goes, no, it's right now. It's too important for Israel uh, for you to be paying for this. I want to give you all my services, whatever you need help with. I believe in this, even though he's not a Christian at all. He so he was a hundred percent behind it. So Yasuf has taken us from Bupkis to like I, now. What I'm seeing. Oh, wait till you see it, Steve. It's going to blow your mind. And so we've got this program that's going to be launching soon for FOI Equip. You can become an equipper, and it will connect you to all the things that we're doing here at um, at the. We also have an information meeting, Chris. Yep. I think that's really important because this is for people who sign up just to get exposed to the kinds of things that we're offering. Uh, especially as it relates to our Bridges program. But they're going to hear testimony of people who've taken our equipped courses, who have taken uh, Bridges, who have gone to our trip to Israel as volunteers, uh, different things like that. And just there's no commitment that they have to give. It's just to listen to the available things. Those who uh, listen to our podcast have been exposed to some of these things. That's right. I'm showing the website right now, actually. If you go to uh, foi.org forward slash outreach, you can register and get involved with Friends of Israel by going to one of our interest meetings, and you can register for the February 20th. No obligation. No obligation. Come. You know, it's uh, come as you are. Um, but anyway, a great opportunity for you if you want to come and see uh, how you can get involved. But all that's happening at FY Equip. That was a very long advertisement, but I wanted to share how I think God was opening a door for us to have a great conversation, Steve. We love conversations. And you know what? We were talking about the end of Daniel. And you know what? Uh, Daniel talks about, we're going to be talking about sealing up the revelation. Sealing it up. But you could almost say he wants us to have a conversation. He wants us. And that's. You know, God's in the conversation business. Do you know, Chris, I come from liturgy. Actually, you come from, your background growing up Catholic. Uh, yeah. was very liturgical. A lot of liturgy where the, the mentality in Judaism and Catholicism is a formalism, a, a certain way, certain things we say at certain times in a certain way. Uh, in many Catholic churches, I don't know about yours growing up, it usually was in Latin yep. uh, early on. That's changed a little bit. For us, it was strictly in Hebrew. And, and there's certain prayers. You just didn't talk to God. There was a siddur that you prayed from. 
There was, there's liturgy. Like when I go to my mother's funeral, which is going to be in a Jewish uh, funeral home, um, it's going to be certain prayers that they say. The Kaddish is one of them. So you say certain things at certain times. Yet the Bible isn't that way. The Bible testifies to individuals of faith talking to God and him talking back. Yep. Uh, and the Bible is a means of which God speaks to us. We really do have a conversation. I was just talking to uh, a, a person in our home office who's going to be having a baby soon. And I was asking her how she's doing. She's very close to delivery. And she said, oh, Steve, right now the baby is breech, and it's a real concern for me. And she said, you know, sometimes I, 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 believe, I, I believe that God knows all about it, and I believe he can do anything, but sometimes I have my doubts. I'm a human. <coughs> so she said, you know, I, I need to talk to him, uh, and I have other people praying that the baby will turn. And so she went to a Jewish chiropractor who specializes in turning breech babies over. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And so listen to this, Chris. She said, I found out he was Jewish. I it's not why I went to him, or as she said, this is what he schedules, this is what he does. And she said, I prayed before I went, and you know what he told me? He said, I love talking to Christians because I get to see their faith. Do you have the faith that the baby will turn? And she said, I here's a Jewish man, doctor, telling me he doesn't believe, I do believe, and he's challenging my faith. She said, I really appreciated that. I do believe. But there's part of me that's hoping, you know, somehow it might not happen. And mm -hmm. I know God's in charge. Here's a Jewish guy yeah. saying, I love talking to Christians. <laughs> I love challenging their faith. Don't you believe God could turn the baby? <laughs> that's amazing. You know, that, that that's what we're talking about with, uh, with conversations. I love that you brought up that God's a relational God. Because I have a conversation. I have the opposite conversation with my neighbor um, who... who he loves talking politics with me. We're on two separate ends of the spectrum. He's not, he doesn't believe in God, all that. He be, I think he believes that there's a God, maybe. But he says to me, you know, Chris, that where, where we're different is I don't believe that God is a relational, personal God. He goes, I don't think that's in the Bible. I said, that's everywhere in the Bible. From the moment Adam and Eve sinned, God said, where are you? He's asking them, where are you? Hey, Moses said, you got the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking back to God and God's talking to him. But it, there is a sense that God is com not only communicating to the people that he, his audience of the time that the scriptures are writing to, but he's speaking to us uh, through his word. It act, It's alive. It's well. And here is this moment where Daniel is asking What's going to happen? You know, it's funny. He gets all this insight in from Daniel chapter 11, chapter 10, all the way back. And what's going to happen? What, how do we know all these things are going to take he, place? Before Paul Harvey ever said, <laughs> now you know the rest of the story, Daniel wanted to. What's the rest of the story? <laughs> That's right. He's already kind of stressed out a little bit. But, you know, we talked last week about Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and we saw a very important, I think, uh, defining verse of the Bible. I read a great book by Dr. Levinson many years ago, Steve, because there's a lot of there's a lot of scholars that say, ah, see, this concept of resurrection, it didn't really show up until, this, until the second temple period, uh, which is the time period that was a little bit before Jesus. Um, because really you only see resurrection begin to appear in the Bible in Daniel chapter 12 and then into the New Testament era. We There really is no conversation about resurrection. Oh, he never read uh, Psalm 16, huh? 100%. That's right. And Dr. Levinson does a fantastic job of highlighting that God, he, they might not have used the words rise up or they might not have used the words resurrection, but the idea of God taking something dead and bringing it back to life is all throughout the scriptures. And what's Ty Perry speaking about? About the resurrection of Israel. <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly. And so anyway, uh, you know, we looked at that last week, a very important uh, verse that talks about the the eternal life that we have uh, that you see in, in, in the Gospels and in the New Testament. But now we're going to move to verse 4 here, because at the end of verse 4, it says, But you, Daniel, roll up the seal with the words of the scroll until the time of the end. May will, uh, Many will go here and there to increase their knowledge. 
And then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one the opposite bank. And one of them said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven. And I heard him swear by who lives forever, saying, it will be for a time, times, and half a time when the power of the holy people has been finally broken and all these things will be completed. Steve, so maybe there's some content here that we can unpack a little bit, especially going back to this idea of the scroll, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Well, Chris, because I'm not a scholar, I went to the one that we've been alluding to uh, most of the time we've been doing, Daniel, which is, of course, the Most High God written by uh, Rennie Showers, our, who was, for Friends of Israel, our resident scholar, mm -hmm. and wrote this commentary on Daniel, which has been used by hundreds of people to help them understand Daniel. And he writes this, After Christ finished giving new revelation to Daniel, he commanded him to preserve these words. In parentheses, he says, the new revelation from 11.2 to 12.3. And the book, the entire book of Daniel, for the duration of the end times. The word translate conceal refers to a preservation of the revelation, the same a word that had same meaning in Daniel 8.26. The word translated seal up carries the same meaning. Christ gave the reason for the preservation of the new revelation in the book of Daniel throughout the entire end times, 530s BC to the second coming. Many people would run to and fro in their effort to gain knowledge about the future. As a result of the revelations given to Daniel being preserved for the duration of the end times, these people would be able to study it and thereby increase the knowledge of of the future. Mm. Chris, people want to know about the future. Yep. They, a, a lots of people, how many people read their horoscopes? You know, that they read horoscopes because, hey, maybe the stars will tell me what's going to, and I've talked to people who are really sharp people and they, they, oh, what's your sign? Have you, it, it all revolves around, I need to know. Yeah. Chris, how many cities have you gone to and you pass and there's a, a, strip center that has all these stores and one of them is palm reading. Yeah. Oh, and Pete, I say to my wife, who goes to these things? How do these people stay in business? It's like a multi-billion dollar industry or something people like that. People want to know. And here in the book of Daniel, Daniel said, I want to know. He didn't go to a palm reader. Uh, he goes to God and has a conversation with them and wants to know. And then God has the conversation and said, well, you need to preserve this book. You need to preserve this because people are going to want to know, and you'll have it preserved properly so that we can impart that in the future. And Chris, and you, when you first read this too, it almost makes it seem like you roll up the scroll, you seal it to almost make it seem like you hide these things from people. But really what God is saying is you preserve them so that you can tell about these events up until the end. And it, and isn't it true, Chris, you, uh, you, you uh, have gone through the book of Matthew. We've gone through the book of Revelation. You taught Matthew. I'm driving I'm six hours tonight to go to Word of Life so I can teach Matthew 15 through 28 to about 300 students. And when you get students. to Matthew 24, or as we went through the book of Revelation— at the beginning part of the, isn't it sealed? Yep. Isn't it opened? Isn't isn't there a tie-in between Daniel, the book of Daniel, and the book of Revelation? In fact, some Bible colleges, even seminaries, have one course called Dan Rev, yep. which is short for Revelation, Daniel Revelation, because you can't teach one without alluding to the other. We even found that to be true when we went through the book of Revelation. Yeah, you, how you are relying on Daniel 100%. And here Daniel is telling us, again, this idea, like you were saying, of the preservation of, this, of these amazing words of what the future holds for Israel and the Jewish people. That's what's important to understand, too, is Daniel's words are not only—they're focused on the events that will take place— for the Jewish people uh, and and the the tribulation that's coming, the Antichrist, all of these things are the 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 rise of empires, the fall of empires that are happening around Israel and the Jewish people. 
all of this is important because Daniel wants to know what's going on, God. And God gives him the revelation, says, seal it up, but you're going to tell everybody about this. And you know, what's interesting when you get to verse seven, which you read a time, times, and half a time. Wait a minute. Isn't that in Matthew? Yep. Isn't that in Revelation? They they tie together and they're consistent. You're getting a consistent message. And it's because of the conversation God has with them. It's a, it's an amazing thing. See, we should listen to God sometimes. You know, sometimes That's we, hard for you and I. We're, uh, we're good talkers, <laughs> not so much good listeners. <laughs> That's right. God's going, hey, Chris, do this. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> well, no, but this is what Daniel says. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, and on the bank of the river, one opposite the bank, and one of them said to the man clothed in linen. This is interesting, Steve, because this man clothed in linen appears in several places, especially in the book of Ezekiel as well. Um, often pictured as the as Jesus uh, many times. And so uh, the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river. Which river? This oh, is a Tigris. Yeah, this Tiger. That's right. It's the Kibar, which is the one in Ezekiel. This is the Tigris River Yep, in yep. Babylon. Uh, how long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? And the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left toward heaven. And I heard him swear by... Uh, him who lives forever, saying it will be for times, times, and half a time. When the power, or the you could almost say the stubbornness <laughs> in the Hebrew, that's what it what it is. When the power of the holy people has finally been broken, and all these things will be completed. That word power there, I've heard, can be interpreted as stubborn. The stubbornness of his people, his holy people, is finally hey, broken. You know my personality. It's in the Bible. Hard hearted. Stiff-necked. Stiff-necked, hard-hearted. That's us. And what are you going to do? I even like, I, I, uh, for the radio program, I did a Z, uh, Exodus chapter 32, 33, and 34. And uh, Israel broke the law. Before, mo- the, the Ten Commandments were still, the smoke Fresh. was still coming off the etchings that God had done. And they, there's Moses coming down, and they already broke rule one and two. Boom, done. Yep. And what happens? You know, Moses is angry with the people. God's angry with the people. And God says, go fat, on. Yeah, fat. fat. Get out of here, you crazy <laughs> lunatics. Get out of here. Um, you're a stiff-necked, hard-hearted people. Now, that's not just for Israel. No, we are, we are corporately what we all are individually. I always tell congregations, look, we wrote the book. You want to tell me we're stubborn? Hard-hearted? No problem. You could go just like this. You Jews are hard-hearted. But I said, be careful. When you do this, you got three fingers pointed straight back at yourself. Wasn't it Moses who said, hey, who's on the Lord's side? He's talking to our people who said, yes, we take the law. Yes, we embrace the law. Who's on the Lord's side? One tribe. Yeah, Levi. (laughs) I guess so. And then they end up getting the job of being the priest for everybody, too. You know, they're like, I don't know if we signed up for this. And then they had to kill (laughs) 3,000 of their own people. That's right. 3,000. What's interesting, I I try to liken this, 3,000 died under the law, Chris. But fast forward to Peter when he preaches grace from the same Bible. The same word. He's preaching a gospel message that that the Messiah came, suffered, and died. How many get saved? Mm. 3,000. Mm. So they died under I the law. I never thought about that. Grace, they're saved. It's That's an am- amazing. Same number, different message, same people. Just as stubborn, but by God's grace, you know, I could just see the Levi, Moses saying, hey, is anybody coming here? Is <laughs> You guys agree? Is anybody coming? And... The Levites come. You know what? The other 11, it doesn't say this, but the other 11 were saying, good for you. You are the only ones who go. I hope you're happy. <laughs> That's right. But then they weren't happy no, when, they, they weren't. when they had to find out what the cost was. Well, and you know, this is also pointing to the end, too, because in the end, when when finally Jesus does appear, the brokenness or the stubbornness is broken. That power is broken because uh, at that point in, in the future— Uh, during the tribulation period at the very end, that's when the nations are coming and they're surrounding Israel in Jerusalem. No hope. No hope at all. 
uh, extermination of the Jewish people, something Satan had been wanting to do for a long time, cornered them on all, on all fronts. The nations are about to move in, and that's when, boom, just as the uh, prophet Ezekiel promised, and what we see in Matthew and Luke. And, and the, Zachari- what does Zechariah say when he comes? They will what? Look upon him whom they have pierced, and all of them repent. They all repent, and you should go through the list. The leaders repent. The priests, the religious leaders repent. The the uh, the business people repent. The common person repents. All the fa- and then all their wives are repenting. I was just talking about this with Dr. Jim Showers uh, for a video we did. There's an element of individual repentance and then corporate repentance, which is very important in Israel's history. As a nation, we repent, but there's a na- there's a national repentance that is also equal to each person's individual repentance to the Lord. And so they turn to the Lord in their final moments. Finally, that stubbornness is broken, and that's when the Lord Jesus returns and delivers them both physically and physically and spiritually at the same time. I don't know how much further you're going, but I want you to read verse 12, because I think that's a, that's a, those, that's a cool verse. Yeah. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. Isn't that interesting? Now, it's 1,290 days that the second part of the tribulation lasts. But then he said, blessed are you who last longer than that. We're talking about 45 more days. Yeah, that's Wait interesting. What, is there a scribal error here? Well, most scholars don't believe it's a scribal. That's that's what the number is. So Jesus comes at, at just the time that is said, seven-year tribulation, Daniel 70 weeks, but then we got 45 more days. What happens after they recognize him, whom they pierced, and mourn for him, and they get saved? after what we call Armageddon, after what we call the second coming. Nobody knows the answer, but I've heard speculation. Have you ever heard speculation? Oh, 45 days, that's what it takes to set up the kingdom Mm. that he's going to organize. Uh, Oh, so it's kind of like that time period between when you choose a president in November and then they finally become president in January, the president-elect That's where you get people not like me who are administrators, where where God is the lead guy. He is the person of power, but he's appointing and directing and saying, here's how things are going to be. And he's giving, they got 45 days, which tells me, Chris, that this is real. This is not floating in the sky. This is not, um, you know, little wings that we have stroking hearts. This is a real location, yeah. a geography, a real uh, cleaning up of the earth and a a way that God is going to put together so that everything is done decently and in order as the millennial kingdom will kick in. And I see those 45 days as being the kind of the organizational or the transitional period. Uh, and that's what most Bible commentators at least the ones that you and I read say. So, Steve, we wrapped up Daniel. We wrapped up Daniel. So, what are we going to do next? That's the question. You know what we're going to do next, Chris? The war has continued to go on. And I know our listeners have been praying. I know that Friends of Israel uh, donors have been helping uh, in our uh, Stand With Israel Fund, which is helping in so many ways the nation of Israel. But, Chris, there's a lot of questions. Uh, we listen to various talk commentators, secular ones, who are uh, conservative. I listen to liberal ones, too, who are talking about what are the implications of this Hamas-Gaza war. And uh, we've had people, you and I have had people questioning what what's going on in Gaza. What what do we think of the, uh, the, the Palestinians in Gaza who are innocent and what do we think of how long is this going to go on and what's the political implication? So you and I, at least for next week, are going to write down some questions that we've been having and try to address those. Now, if anybody has any questions about the war in Gaza, Hamas, uh, the Houthis, the uh, Hezbollah, Iranians, uh, Israel, the politics, uh, 424 1948. Chris, we're going to try to answer some of those questions. Well, and then what we can do is use our 
highball here because this is what popped up from the highball when you were saying this. You call that a question? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next week, at least, if it, if it, if we get too many of them, we'll make it another week. But at least for next week, we'd like to address questions concerning Hamas and Israel and the war that's going on. Well, let's move to the uh, news, uh, Steve. This one makes us laugh uh, because... You know, I Steve lives in Pennsylvania. Uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so Pennsylvania is near and dear to my heart. And plus, I live right on the border, so I'm always hearing about Pennsylvania news. We, we're, we, I consider myself more of someone from Philadelphia than from South Jersey, just because of the proximity. So, of course, I'm hearing all the politics and everything. And so, when they had elections a few, maybe a year ago now, maybe even more, and uh, Senator John Fetterman won, or John Fetterman won. Uh, he, of course, had that horrible stroke. Which I mean, the man could barely talk, and he won. You know, he won, and of course, we're all sitting there going, "Hey, what?" You know, this guy can barely. I, I said, think as a Pennsylvania voter, I said, "How could people vote for a guy with a stroke?" I'm not. I'm not. Was never against him. My mother had a stroke. Uh, when you have a stroke, you it, it can affect all kinds of things. Do uh, you have the capability of being a senator? I did not believe so. That I did not believe so, and I was very disappointed. And plus, we'll say he was also compared to our politics. You can have whatever politics you want, but Zygazun, Zygazun, but, but whatever he is a progressive. Yes, and of course, you know I'm the opposite of a progressive. But again, the people spoke. They Zygazun, that's what they did. I'm thankful we live in America. They voted for him. Okay, Zygazun. But here's the thing: is that somehow. It's come full circle for you. In fact, I think maybe I'd be willing to bet that maybe if you would have seen him doing this, if it was an election now and you heard him this staunch, you might even be tempted. No, you might. You might. I'm not saying for every other policy no, issue. No, no, no. I This was a may. I I am listen what it says, Chris. Anti-Israel demonstrator gathered outside of Braddock, Pennsylvania, home of Senator John Fetterman, who responded to the din by going on his roof and waving an Israeli flag at them. <laughs> the progressive hating Democrats silently waved the blue and white flag Friday night as protesters waved Palestinian flags and screeched, <laughs> screeched, mind you, Fetterman, Fetterman, you can't hide. You're supporting genocide. The first-term senator, once a darling of progressive, has incurred wrath from the left over his staunch support of Israel to defend itself from Hamas terrorists in the aftermath of October 7th. He's responded by publicly trolling them. I love this, Steve. At a November rally for Israel in D.C., he arrived draped in an Israeli. I remember that draped in an Israeli flag. Listen to this. His office is covered with posters of missing and returned Israeli hostages. I think that there are probably staunch um, uh, politicians who support Israel who don't even they don't even do this. You know, if you want to talk about the opposite of him, it's a it's a more right wing leaning Republican. I don't see too many of them draping themselves in the Israeli flag. So here again, amazing. And he says this, this is important. This is why I'm saying, Steve, maybe you might've changed your mind since you're the one that would have voted for, would have to make the choice to vote for him as a Pennsylvania resident. But it says increasingly, this is, this is Fetterman talking increasingly progressives moved and migrated into some positions I don't agree with, and I really just feel much more comfortable just being a Democrat. That's liberal, That's, right, yes. as opposed to progressive. He he would be he would be actually in today's politics center left. So he wouldn't be far left. He's center left, and he wonders. By the way, uh, Senator Lieberman of Connecticut, who's no longer senator, Jewish guy, is a regular liberal Democrat, mm -hmm. uh, but he was perceived by progressives as being a traitor yep. uh, to the party because he he would say, they move left, I stayed the same. And there I see very few, Manchin, who's West Virginia Democrat, is a centrist Democrat uh, and has, uh, he's done some votes I don't necessarily agree with, 
but he's where we are. Fetterman too. That's what I, I want to say when we're talking about politics, we're just talking about Israel and the uh, Jewish yes, people. That's right. That's that's right. And I I think it's important to just make that distinction between progressives and just liberals. Well, and it has to be said too that you know I know whenever Israeli um, diplomats come here or. Uh, Israeli, um, uh, like the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus, which we're a part of here at Friends of Israel, the Israel Allies Caucus. When they come here, they're saying this isn't a by this isn't they a partisan issue. They whoever supports Israel, they're in favor. Democrats, of. Republicans, they want them all there. But it should be it, it should be noted that uh, that Fetterman, uh, he's not just supporting Israel and the Jewish people; he's taunting it to those who he's uh, putting it on the line. He really, I, is. he really is. I got. Thank God. I, you know, I think this is God's sense of humor. At least I take it personally in a conversation where God says to me, Herzig, you think, uh, you think you know what you're doing? I know what I'm doing. You don't think he belongs? Just you wait. That's right. And that's why we're commanded, Chris, and this is serious. Paul tells, uh, when he wrote to the Christians in Rome, he said, pray for those who are rule over you. Pray for them. Uh, I, I remember talking to a gal in church and said, you know, we're, Romans teaches us to pray for those over us. And the woman came to me and said, that's true, but he didn't tell me how to pray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So I, I said, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, she sounds like a rabbi. I don't know, you Chris. Know, I'll, she, that's good. That's well, good. let's right. go to something a little more sad, Chris. Yes. This is sad. Why don't you read the headline? Ynet News. European anti-Semitism as high as the 1930s, says prominent Jewish leader. Rabbis and Jewish leaders express concern over a surge of anti-Semitism ahead of International Holocaust Remembrance Day, drawing parallels to pre-Holocaust times. Yad Vashem chairman questioned sincerity of world leaders when visiting Holocaust Museum and pledging, quote, Never again. Uh, Steve, I noticed that when I printed this out, there was a button you should click that says read more so that I'm able to print more out. So we only have a little section here. but um, We have enough, Chris. Yeah, All, This is something Jewish people know. I'm talking even on the college campus today. You have young people, Jewish students on the college campus, who know in many, many uh, college campuses, it is no longer safe to identify as Jewish. Uh, I've watched a number of videos of people who are standing in uh, zones that are free speech zones supporting Israel, and you could film, and they're filmed coming up yelling, cursing at them, saying Jews should die. This is on a college campus. This is exactly the way it was in the 1930s in Germany, mm -hmm. and it's frightful. <clears throat> uh, you and I have colleagues in France who have told us that there are many Jewish people leaving France and going to Israel because of the anti-Semitism. London, England, same well, thing. Well, those populations of Jewish people were already ravaged by the Holocaust. They left Europe and they didn't. The, they, they migrated out. They left. Well, the ones that survived, they left. They left the. They're leaving the UK. They're leaving Europe. Once a place of many Jewish people, uh, 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 vast, the vast majority of Jewish people lived in Poland and Eastern Europe, and Germany, uh, and France. And today, they've moved to either Israel or the United States. Everything else is, you know, it doesn't compare to those two uh, countries. Chris, one of the things you got to do in the show notes. Show notes. Show notes, which you thought... I, hey, I, I was I humble? Uh, was I, I humble? I was trying to speak for our seven listeners and say, what is a show? How do you access the show notes? <laughs> Where are they? I don't see these show notes anywhere. You have to scroll down. And people wrote in and said, hey, thanks a lot. I now know where the show notes are. There you go. See, have you read the show notes? I've looked. In fact, my wife and I looked together. We went on site and Alice what said, what do you think? I think this is great. There I didn't know where they where are these show notes. <laughs> where, where are these things? Oh, yeah. All the time. Week after week. Oh, yeah. I'm posting them in the show notes. Well, where are they? Yeah. Well, now you know. <laughs> now we know. There you go. Well, if anybody doesn't know, you're still confused. There's a little button at the bottom that says show more and boom. That's what you got to click. We should have called it the show more notes. The show more notes. There the you go. Sure. Show more notes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, that was a nice little uh, levity for uh, to move us into another sad uh, situation. Chris, Israeli intel shows 10%, Chris, of UNRWA, 
workers in Gaza have ties to terror groups. Chris, what is the implication? UNRWA, what? UNRWA. Well, the UNRWA is United Nations Relief and Works Agency, and they are the agency that takes all of our tax dollars that we send to the UN in order to help the Palestinians. Put quotation marks on help. Help the Palestinians. Now, here's what they're finding is that some of those UNRWA teachers and staffers, because a lot of that is also education. The money that we send over helps education and things of that nature. And so they find some of the teachers were actually present on October 7th during the massacre. Some of the staffers were present and helped plan the attack. So this is what this means. Your tax dollars are going to UNRWA, not to help just educate kids. That's what we were hoping would happen. But really what it did was it funded people to go commit acts of terrorism against Israel. And we already know that UNRWA, one of the big problems was UNRWA, they have a curriculum that they teach the kids. And the UNRWA curriculum was basically teaching Palestinian kids to hate Jews, even even as far as teaching them lies about Israel and even how to maybe kill Jewish people as well. So they have this built-in hatred toward Israel and the Jewish people in their curriculum. That's what we pay for. And in fact, the United States, since this finding, has stopped aid to UNRWA. Now, again, not to get political, but in 2018, the Trump administration cut aid to UNRWA in 2018. It was done, 2018, 19, and 20. Joe Biden went back again and refunded it. And since he's been in office, we've given $713 million to UNRWA. So again, I'm glad that he finally pulled the funds. Yes, we are very glad. But this is the problem is, is it took, this is again the problem with what happened on October 7th, is October 7th is just an outworking of everything that we've been doing wrong for 15 years by letting this thing perpetuate and fester. You can't give terrorists money. You can't. We're giving money to Iran, and look what happens. The Houthis, Hamas, Hezbollah activated. We're giving money to UNRWA, which is funding these Hamas supporters, and they're going to war with Israel. We can't act like, oh, we're just, this is all going to go to the right place. They knew that it was funding terrorism. They knew even in 2018 that their curriculum was a corrupt curriculum teaching kids to hate Israel, and the Jewish people. It's just mind-blowing that it took October 7th for the world to finally wake up and go, oh, maybe we shouldn't have been doing these things. We didn't have to let it become like that. We could have nipped it in the bud, as you like to say. Nip Nip it. it. Nip it in the bud. That's what you say to me sometimes when there's something going on here at work. You say, nip it in the bud, okay? we sh- They should have nipped it in the bud a long time ago. Yes, and they yes. Didn't. Well, Chris, these are, in fact, we're going to be talking about things like this next week. These are questions that actually come up. This relates to the Gaza war and with Hamas and all its <clears throat> other extensions. So we're going to talk about it. All right, Steve. Well, listen, um, nor- normally you I should feel- announce the word. Well, no, what I was going to say is normally I feel like you like I'm connected to the word, but this is I, this one's a tough one. Yep, it is. tough. Are you to- ready to say it? I, I don't have my paper in front of me. <laughs> Wait a minute. I got it right here. Oh, OK. Now I can say it. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. Yiddish word of the day, everybody. Yiddish word of the day. Chris, I was looking for our Yiddish word of the day, and I tried to tie it into a passage. Seal up. Seal it up. Daniel was to seal up. So I've never heard this. My parents never talked about it that I ever heard, but it's plumbe a rough. Plumbe a rough. P-L-O-M-B-E. One word. A-R-O-F the other. Seal up. It sounds like a... Fancy French like cuisine. Yeah. yeah. I'll well, take the I'll have some plumbe a rough. <laughs> That's right. Well, excuse me, sir. Uh, <laughs> Do you want that with sauce or without Would sauce? you like me to seal that up in a container for you to take home? <laughs> of course, I'm an old person. <laughs> Once to go. Tom Gagan. <laughs> Every time we go to Tom Gagan, take Tom Gagan out for lunch. We love Tom Gagan. He gets a big salad and he tells the waitress, bring me a container Before now. he even seal gets his up. own. Get <laughs> Two con- what container, one thing for me to eat here, and then one to go. You know what he's doing? Plumbera. He's doing plumbera. All right, seal it up. Hey, and don't forget, don't just seal it up and keep it to yourself. The whole point of what Daniel's saying is seal it up and share it with others. 
have a conversation of the hope that's in Christ and the hope that's coming in the future. Amen and amen. Plumbe Arav. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being a part of the Jew and Gentile podcast. Be sure to go to foiequip.org and there you can register for Ty Perry's upcoming class, The Dry Bones Coming Back to Life. Uh, the resurrection of the state of Israel spiritually and physically. So be sure to go to foiequip.org. Also, go to foi.org forward slash outreach and sign up and find out how you can get involved with the Friends of Israel. There's so many things that you can do in order to engage and uh, be a part of what we're doing here in this amazing ministry that's been around since 1938, 85 years. Hey, text us. Text us your questions. 424-444-1948. Hey, Steve, we'll see you next week.